We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, what's up? It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. Chris Biederman will be joining me shortly. We have some more quarterback news, which, again, is going to be, I think, a common theme for the 49ers this offseason, Matthew Stafford traded to the Rams. We'll talk about that, the effect it'll have on the 49ers in the NFC West, and we'll give our updated thoughts on Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo's future. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers! Kittle, he's gonna go! Touchdown! All right, Chris, here we are again, talking quarterbacks on February 1. It's all anybody ever wants to talk about. And my guess is on March 1, we'll be doing the same. And April 1, we'll probably still be doing the same thing. We might just... Like, we should probably just create a segment, like the quarterback segment, and then do everything else. Because there's, I feel like there's always going to be something quarterback related that we can talk about. Right. And I think, depending on how it goes, it's going to be the topic throughout the season. Of course, it's the most important position, arguably, in all of sports. So it makes sense that it gets so much attention. And it also makes sense why, when a good quarterback moves to a team that was, was already pretty good, it, it sends shockwaves through through the entire league. So Matthew Stafford got moved from the Lions to the Rams. The Rams, in exchange, sent Jared Goff a couple of future first-round picks and a 2021 third-round pick. I don't want to analyze what this means for the Lions because I really couldn't care less. I think, are, are we in agreement that Matthew Stafford makes the Rams better? Yeah. Yeah, I, but I have questions about, I, I think they're better in the 
like in the immediate. Yeah, um, I just mean I I mean for for next season. Yeah, for next season they're they're definitely better. I just have significant questions about sort of their long term approach, because as good as Matt Stafford is, and as much of an upgrade as as we assume he's going to be. You know, the Rams are, are going to go a long time without a first-round pick. They're going to go from 2016 to 2024 yeah. without a first-round pick. And are they going to be able to continue churning out a roster that's capable of contending? I think it's a pretty significant question because they have, they're have they paying all their all their star players and they're going to be up against the salary cap. Um, so I think the question is, is less about... How good are they going to be in 2021? I think the bigger question, which we won't have an answer to, obviously, is, you know, how viable are, are they going to be in terms of sustaining contention um, over the long run? And, and how does that compare to what the 49ers are doing? Because I think it's a pretty interesting case study in how different these teams are, are approaching their, their sort of team building philosophies. Right. And I think what the Rams did for 2021 if we want to talk about the future, we can. I'm talking for next season. Matthew Stafford is better than Jared Goff under pressure, like substantially better under pressure, and he is substantially better at throwing the ball down the field. And I think when you think about what Sean McVay is able to do with that offense and the pieces they have, if you're adding in some additional completions when there is pressure and you're adding in a vertical passing attack to an already effective offense when their their vertical game was was basically nil last season yeah. with Goff. I that that to me is why is why the Rams are very dangerous this year and and maybe next year. Well, I'm with you. We'll see how this long-term kind of vision plays out. But ultimately, if they win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, this move was worth it. And they yeah. wanted to acquire Jalen Ramsey was worth it, and Aaron Donald's big contract was worth it. They'll have survived a bad contract for Todd Gurley. That's that's that will remain to be seen. But I think for right now, they got pretty significantly better under center, and I think that makes them really dangerous, especially considering uh, they had the number one defense in the league in both points and yards allowed last year. Yeah, and I think when you're when you're talking about Again, this is more of a macro thing, but when you're talking about Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan, um, you know you could you could say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo and the fact that you know the 49ers have only made the playoffs one time in Shanahan's four seasons, and that McVay's made the the playoffs three times in four seasons, including a pretty impressive run this year, um, despite you know not really having good starting quarterback play in the playoffs and Jared Goff dealing with the injury and all that. Like, it's not a great look for Sean McVay to be in a situation where they have to attach a first-round pick to a guy that they signed to an extension while McVay was there, right? Like, McVay signed off on Jared Goff as the long-term franchise quarterback with that contract that he signed after they went to the Super Bowl in 2019, and then it got so bad with Goff that they had to ship ship him off to Detroit and and added a first round pick because that contract now is so bad. So how culpable is Sean McVay to that? Is does that portend to any other issues the Rams are gonna have? 
Um, I think it's a viable question because, you know, as good as he is from an X's and O's standpoint, you know, how is he as the CEO of your franchise? Right. I, I think know. that's a legitimate question right now because, um, you know, he's he's the QB guy. He's the play caller. He's the offensive designer. He's exactly what Kyle Shanahan is to the 49ers. But I think the big difference is that there's all this sort of um, it, it, it just seems like from an organizational perspective, there's a little bit more turbulence under the surface with the Rams than there are with the 49ers, despite whatever misconceptions people have about Shanahan and Garoppolo and whether or not that's, um, you know, that's a rocky relationship or not. I, I tend to think there's a there's a massive chasm between the way the 49ers view Jimmy Garoppolo and the way fans and maybe fans on Twitter view Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's been wild to see this sort of swelling of fans who just can't get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo soon enough. Um, while I think the 49ers feel drastically different, right? And I wrote about that um, a little bit this week in that, you know, the, the Niners stick with guys. Like, they, they stuck with Eric Armstead and, and re-signed him after he had um, some not-so-productive seasons and some injury concerns. They did the same with Jimmy Ward. Um, and they they stick with these guys even if it's not a super popular thing to do from the perspective of the fan base, so, you know, as much as fans on Twitter want to run Jimmy Garoppolo out the door because he wasn't particularly good in 2020, I think the 49ers view it in a much different situ- in a much different light. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear the the reporting from, you know, the people who are very plugged into um the top of the organization, like everybody who's plugged in is saying that the 49ers are um, they view Jimmy Garoppolo as a positive and not the worst case scenario, um, you know, as yeah. far as being their starting quarterback in 2021. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have said as much on the record. And then there seems to be this undercurrent of people that don't believe them because uh, because the 49ers are involved in in some of these quarterback talks. And they were, you know, they they called Detroit and they talked, but they clearly weren't in a position to give away two first round picks on top of potentially Garoppolo, um, you know, and who knows if Detroit even wanted that deal, but I I don't think the 49ers, you know, maybe they, maybe they get, uh, you know, more involved in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, but I just don't see them as a team that's willing to sell the farm for one player, given they have other needs um, it's pretty significant needs elsewhere on the roster too, because this is a team that obviously their depth was tested in a pretty significant way in 2020, and you know they were six and ten team, so they need all the resources that they have to guard against 2020 happening again, um, and a lot of that too is is potentially getting a healthy season at Garoppolo or finding another quarterback who's more durable, so you don't have to worry about playing a backup quarterback, but. You know, I just I just think the way the 49ers are operating and the way they've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo is is being misconstrued publicly. Um, and I think it's more likely than not that Garoppolo is going to be the starter in 2021. And that's not to say there aren't going to be drastic changes made to the quarterback room behind Garoppolo. Like Nick Mullins might not be back. C.J. Beathard might not be back. Both those guys are free agents. Um, Mullins is restricted. Um, you have Josh Rosen in the mix on a futures contract, so maybe he'll be battling for one of those backup spots. But, like, I think the quarterback room is probably going to look really different. But 
if gun to my head, I don't think it's going to be different in terms of who's starting. I think it's more than likely going to be Garoppolo because the 49ers like him and, and view him more favorably than, than certainly the public might. Yeah, so I think, like you said, the Niners have made their thoughts on Garoppolo pretty clear. They like him. They don't think he's being overpaid because he's a starting caliber NFL quarterback. And I'm not sure when when it went from Garoppolo's fine to... There's a large swath of the 49ers fan base that that believes that they will never be successful as long as he's under center. And maybe that has to do with the with how the last 10 or so minutes of the Super Bowl went. Um, maybe that has to do with his, his injuries last year and how he looked post-injury and, and how he looked in week one. It's Maybe it's just this festering like thing from the last 10 minutes of the Super Bowl, the devastation of that moment carried all the way over to the offseason – and then he was bad in week one and only played half a game in week two, and it was kind of all downhill from here. So we haven't seen a quote-unquote right. good Jimmy Garoppolo in a long time. Yeah. And, and never mind the fact that he was going to win Super Bowl MVP if he completes two more throws against Kansas City, but that's right. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I, the, the thing, you know, and I'm not here to make excuses for Garoppolo. I think one of the reasons why fans are as frustrated as they are is because they looked at these playoffs, right? And they saw in the championship round Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes um, versus Josh Allen, and and it's safe to say those are, you know, probably four of of the star quarterbacks you think about in the league right now. Um, and Deshaun Watson's probably the other one, right? And so I think people look at that and say, well, you have to have a star quarterback to win in this league. And you very well, well might, but there have been teams that won Super Bowls without elite quarterback play, right? Like, you you can win a Super right. Bowl if your quarterback play is good enough. And I think the 49ers view Garoppolo as potentially being good enough. And Kyle Shanahan said it over and over again. He thinks Garoppolo can get significantly better. Um and so, you know, that obviously remains to be seen. And, and you, it's hard for Jimmy Garoppolo to get better without being able to play. Um, but in terms of Garoppolo being bad in 2020, he was bad. But right. week one, he's he's trying to win the game. That was a winnable game against Arizona. He was, he was down in Arizona's side of the field and trying to throw the winning touchdown pass to Trent Taylor. Fourth right? down conversion, but yeah. Like Dante they, Pettis yeah. started. Yeah, Dante Pettis was starting. Trent Taylor was getting the key targets on fourth down. Um, Brandon Ayuk was not available. Debo Samuel was not available. George Kittle sprained his knee in the first half on a bad throw from Garoppolo. Um, but you know, it's like just... he was healthy. He was healthy for exactly uh, four and a half quarters of the season, and then mm-hmm. couldn't push off his right leg really from from what? there on. And, and so, I... like. The, the durability thing is real for sure, but to just punt on Garoppolo because um, because of one season, I mean, you can do that if you want, but I don't think the 49ers are are going to do that, and I think they're probably going to give Jimmy one more one more year, unless things fall into place with Deshaun Watson to the point where the 49ers find the trade to be palatable, 
and we have no idea what the trade market for Deshaun Watson is realistically going to look like, and we don't have any idea for sure that Houston's actually going to trade him. As much leverage as Deshaun Watson has, and we've talked about it here, and I've written about it, like, the Texans still don't have to trade him. And they've said publicly they don't plan on it, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to, but, like, anyway, the, the point is, is, is I think it's, I think fans should gear up for the possibility of Jimmy Garoppolo being the starter in 2021. And uh, and I don't think Kyle Shanahan, as much as he would love to, to potentially have like a star in one of the three or four best guys in the league, mm-hmm. I think he's confident in himself and in the roster that they've built that they can contend again with Garoppolo under center and not make a trade that would cost them all sorts of assets to, to make an upgrade there. Now, I think they would for Deshaun Watson. I, I, I just... Yeah, I takes really two to tango, like though, a, play, you know? a player like that is where you set an organizational philosophy aside and you say, yes, that's the kind of player you just go get and you figure out the rest later. I'm, I'm with that. But I think the Stafford... Their reported interest in the Stafford negotiations I think is a good insight to how they feel about Garoppolo. Uh, Albert Breer reported in, in Monday Morning Quarterback on Sports Illustrated that the 49ers had initial conversations with, with Detroit, never made an official offer, and by the time Detroit circled back to San Francisco, there were first-round picks on the table, and San Francisco was like, no, we're not doing that. And that yeah. tracks with what Shanahan has said about Garoppolo. They're, they're looking to upgrade every position. That includes quarterback. And they're going to look into possible upgrades, but they're not going to... They're not going to jeopardize their future to bring in Matt Stafford, who may be an upgrade over Garoppolo, but at what cost? Is the upgrade at that one position worth the downgrade you're going to get by losing assets in the future? And that's what they're going to weigh. And when you look at the landscape, and and you've laid it out, I I think, pretty clearly here on the podcast, when you look at the landscape, take Deshaun Watson off the board, because that's a special case. That is where the 49ers even, they, they try to get Khalil Mack. John Lynch said they put together what they thought was a competitive offer for Khalil Mack. They traded up from number 31, and they mortgaged essentially their entire 2020 draft. Granted, it was mid-round picks to move up and select Brandon Ayuk. Like, if it's their guy, they'll go get him. And that's why I want to put Deshaun Watson aside here. And when you look at the rest of the quarterback market, Kirk Cousins has been a popular name for some reason on on the Internet lately for, for the 49ers. There's a question of whether that makes sense for the Vikings. But is Kirk Cousins, yeah, the Vikings are not in a position to change quarterback. <laughs> right. But it, it, let's let's go to the world where they are. Let's say Mike Zimmer just goes, I'm done with Kirk Cousins, get him out of my face, trade him somewhere. Is that worth unloading assets for the 49ers to take on Kirk Cousins and get rid of Garoppolo? Like, is that – I don't think it is. Right. I don't think 35-year-old Matt Ryan, who is not MVP Matt Ryan anymore, is worth any investment into – same thing goes for, for Sam Darnold or pick a free agent, Jameis Winston or, or whoever it is. Right. There it's the it's the the I guess risk reward is the is the proper is the proper thing there. And I just don't think there's an available quarterback outside of Deshaun Watson. I don't think there's a quarterback who may come available that is going to be a big enough upgrade for San Francisco that it's worth 
the assets they have to wind up moving because San Francisco is not the only team that's going to be in the hunt for quarterbacks. If a quarterback becomes available, there is going to be competition. They're not going to be right. able to just give the the Jets a fifth round pick and say, yeah, we'll take Sam Darnold from you. Like that, I, I just don't think that's going to work. Right. I think and, I, I think all the guys you mentioned are either lateral moves or or worse than Garoppolo, right? And the 49ers are not, um, you know, that I, I just can't imagine, you know, I know that Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins have, have a rapport and a history, and Shanahan, you know, operated in 2017 like he was going to get Cousins, and that's why the 49ers passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in the draft. Like, you know, that that was in 2017. I don't see any reason why Kirk Cousins would all of a sudden have appeal to Kyle Shanahan. Um, based on what we know about his relationship with Garoppolo and how he views Garoppolo. Like, there's, I don't see any world where Kirk Cousins is really a significant upgrade from a standpoint of giving away draft capital to make that move. I think it's lateral. Um, and so when you're a team that needs to invest assets into the secondary because you don't have mm-hmm. any starting cornerback signed for 2021... Um, I don't know why you trade draft picks when when you really need to probably draft a corner or, you know, invest in the interior of the offensive line. Center is a huge question mark. And we know Kyle Shanahan throughout his coaching career, whether it's Alex Mack or Weston Richburg, really likes to have a veteran guy in there. And he he doesn't really have a problem paying for that. Well, it's going to be really hard to upgrade at center and fix that position if you do make one of these trades. Right. And I'm with you. Like, I think. Deshaun Watson is really the only upgrade the 49ers can make that would be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, and, and, you know, the draft aside, like we're going to have plenty of time to, to dive into the quarterback prospects in this draft. And that's certainly a possibility given the 49ers have the number 12 pick and maybe somebody slides and maybe they're saving their assets to move up in the draft because there's a quarterback that they like. That's a possibility too. Sure. But giving up assets to fortify the rest of the roster to make a lateral move just doesn't make any sense. And you can, you know, you can you can pick nits and, and say, you know, well, Matt Ryan's probably an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure, like that's fine. But they're they're relatively in the same group. Right? Like Matt yeah. Ryan isn't leaps and bounds ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo at this point in his career. Kirk Cousins probably has better stats than Jimmy Garoppolo, and certainly durability has been less of an issue for him. But, like, ultimately, I think that's a that's a lateral move. And so why would you yeah. trade what it would cost and get rid of Garoppolo, potentially upset the locker room? I think that's an overrated thing, but it is part of the equation. Like, why would you completely upset the status quo to make a lateral move just to do it? Just to, you know, I think it would at that point it would just be placating a fan base that wants to change. Right. And I don't even know how much of the actual fan base wants to change. I just see what, you know, what's vocal on Twitter. Right. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, the, for now, now that Stafford's off the board, I think there isn't a likely viable upgrade that they could make that wouldn't prevent them from fortifying the rest of the roster in the way they need to, to contend and and Watson's really the only other option that might potentially be out there that I think is a move that you make to upgrade over Garoppolo. Otherwise, I think the 49ers are, are more than likely to just run it back with him. I agree. 
And what I want to get into next week, I think that's a good place to stop because my next point I think is going to is going to dive into what I want to talk about later on in the week and that's where quarterback ranks on the 49ers list of offseason needs. Ooh, I like and that. I think, I think we should do that next week because I was going to just make my point and then I realized that we were going to get on a tangent. So <laughs> producing on the fly. Yeah. You're all welcome. So that's what that's what that's what we'll do next week because I I I think that that's an important piece of all this is just how desperate are the 49ers to make a move either at starting quarterback or backup quarterback or third quarterback um and, and I, I think you and I might have some 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 differing thoughts on that so yeah and and it's really important too and this has been uh, this has been indicated to me by somebody I trust that like. They're very aware of all the assets that they need to upgrade other spots. And they're very leery of trading those assets away for not the right upgrade at quarterback. So, like, that's very much part of their internal discussion, right? They're not, um, you know, I know there were, there were reports last week that they were, that they were doing whatever they could to get Stafford and, you know, none of that was coming from anybody within the within the Niners organization or the Lions. But, you know, like the, the Niners are just the way they're operating from from what I can tell and from what I've been told is that they're they're being very judicious with what assets they have because they're pretty limited in cap space. They're pretty limited in draft capital. And and if they do make a move at quarterback, it has to be for the right guy. And that's how they're operating. I don't think they're. You know, they're going to check in, and they're going to be linked to just about every quarterback, every big-name quarterback throughout this offseason. You know, today it was Kirk Cousins, last week it was Stafford. You know, next week it's probably going to be Matt Ryan. Um, but I think the 49ers ultimately are going to be a whole lot more conservative with their assets than than what people expect or what might be conveyed, um, you know, on social media. <laughs> That's going to do it for today's pod. We'll talk next time. We'll get further into that discussion about what the 49ers actually need, what assets they have, and how they might go about filling those needs. And the quarterback talk, of course, will not stop because there's always going to be new wrinkles. There's always going to be new rumors. And we will make sure to uh, to come on here and chat about it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Subscribe, rate, review if you have not. And we will see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.